Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I'm Simon Short. Welcome back, everybody. We had a little week off there. Uh, quick vacation wrapped up the start of the NFL season. Now we're back bouncing around a few things. We have a WNBA champion, everybody. It is September 21st. Uh, the season wrapped up a few days ago now. I don't remember what day that even was. Who knows what time is anymore? But the WNBA season is over. Great season it was. As always, to talk about the W, I have Bree and Mario on. Um, They're also wonderful representatives of the two teams competing in the championship. So I'm sure this won't get heated or competitive at all. This is going to be great. Bree, welcome in. How's it going? Going great, Simon. It is amazing. It was an amazing time. Great time to be alive. Bree is still buzzing a little bit. She was at the Aces Parade, so anything she says from here on out is not necessarily backed by the Simon Short Podcast, but it depends what she says. We'll see what happens. Mario, what's up? How are you doing? You, you made it here, so that's a good sign. I'm doing good. You know, I could be better, but, you know, I'm doing good. Um, I've had a couple of days to kind of prepare for this and kind of get over everything that has transpired in the last couple of days, but I'm doing good. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I made sure to ask Bria Mario before, I think before even game one, that if they would come on to do this pod today, that way, no matter what happened, they were already committed. So uh, lock that in pretty quick. Uh, guys, I have a couple notes here, a couple things I do want to hit from the finals, just a, a few little things. But I mean, I would be remiss if we didn't just kind of let Bree go off the reins here um, to start out. So Bree you've been touting the aces all season. Uh, I think the first time I met you, you said, hi, I'm Bree. The aces are going to win the championship. Let me tell you why. And I said, okay, great. Um, nice to meet you too, but go ahead. Um, here, this is your chance. Take your victory lap, whatever you want to say. If you want to talk about the season, if you just want to talk about Asia Wilson the whole time, if you want to tell us why they won and what they did and what sets they ran, the floor is yours. Take your victory lap, Bree. Congratulations. Thank you, Simon. I appreciate that. Um, I know that takes a lot for anybody who was not an Aces fan to congratulate the squad, uh, the best team in WBA history. But I will say the reason why I love the Aces so much is because of the investment. I spoke on it before. I said the Aces is the way that the WBA should go period. And they showed it. And this is what happens when you invest and you care about women's basketball. When you put the time in, you put the you put the money in, you put the resources in, you put the players in a committed environment with a city that loves them. If you've seen that parade, I mean, I couldn't tell if it was the Bucks parade or if it was the Aces parade. Like when I went to see the Bucks at their parade, I'm like, wow, it's just crazy. They had the same environment there so when you really invest into a team you have a city that can get behind it you have players who care about the community they're in this is what happens this is what happens and I'm just happy and proud of my squad I'm happy for coach Becky Hammond I mean for her to go from being a part of the the San Antonio Stars to this to see the Aces get moved, to put in her own game plan, to not get the job with, with the Spurs or whatever was supposed to happen there. 
And they said, no, we want you back home. You know, we want you back home. We want you in the W. We're going to provide you whatever you need. And this is what happens. It was a, a great, great, great showing from all of our players. I mean, everyone. The bench was live. The players was live. The starting five, coaching. I mean, from day one, you just seen the structure was in place. From the coaches even wearing the same, you know, basically the same outfit on the bench. Everything was united together. And I was just so happy um, when that, when, they, when it hit zero and Asia just took off running with the ball. I was like, wow, we finally did it. We did it. We did it. I thought we were going to sweep that weak team. I thought it was going to be a sweep. <laughs> but, hey, I, I liked, I liked you know, the fact that we we, uh, we beat them on their own court. And I loved my, – my favorite part at the end was when when Sydney went to sleep on the, on, the, on the court and, you know, Asia tucked her in with the finals T-shirt, the Aces championship T-shirt. You know, DeJanae was sleeping before. She slept on us. We woke her up. We woke her up at the end of that <laughs> – at the end of that game. You know, there's a lot of a lot of excitement in the air. I was just so happy. I'm very proud of this team, and I'm very proud of WBA. This season was not only good for the Aces, but good all around. If you've seen the numbers that came in this year, I think everything was at least doubled as far as views, viewership. Um, it was just an incredible moment, and it was couldn't have happened with a better franchise, um, a better owner. It was just great. It was really, really great to see. We've seen, you know, vets, Chelsea, Gray, who really did not get her signed this year. How did you go from not making any team, first team, second team, all-star, WNBA MVP? That's all we needed. Like, that's all she needed. Now, I'm, I'm very happy she got, you know, her, her flowers at the end. I mean, it was just, I could go on for hours, so I'm going to stop now. But I just want to say I'm just so proud of this team. I'm so proud of the Aces, and I'm very, very thankful and grateful to have experienced what I believe is um, – a big change for, for women's basketball. And I'm glad that my team led the way. Absolutely. While Mario dries up his tears a little bit and recovers from that, that, that was very well done. Very well said, Bree. Uh, just going to hit a couple of things that you said here. Um, per the WNBA, after the 23 games, uh, the postseason, the 2022 postseason averaged 456,000 viewers, up 22% from last season. Uh, it was the most watched WNBA postseason since 2007. So, I mean, I could feel the buzz from it being my first year, like really watching, but just even what I was seeing online and the conversations I was kind of being a part of, I could just feel that it was bigger. And even the, the people that have been the fans, there was a new energy around that as well. So both existing and new fans, it definitely felt like um, it, it was popping up a little bit more this year, which was fantastic to see. The investment in the team, and this is what I'll talk about a little bit. But you could just, I mean, yeah, you could feel it. It, it. Even in the finals, it felt a little bit like, uh, I'm going to show some homerism here a little bit, but when Duke started, Duke men's basketball started uh, taking the one and done players and they're like, okay, we'll stop getting the guys who want to stay for four years and we'll start doing what everybody else is doing. And then they go and play Syracuse, right? And it's like, you guys in your little zone and you're a senior and I'm going to be in the NBA next year and you're going to be an accountant, like, there's just not much you can do at the end of the day from, from tip. It really felt like, okay, Connecticut has the best defense in the league. Right. And the, they play the stingiest, the status defense, they can do all these things, but it's this aces offense versus what Connecticut can try to do. And it's so much harder to win on the defensive side with basketball these days than it is offensively. And when 
yeah, you're you're so focused on Asia Wilson, the MVP and maybe the best player in the entire league. And you have uh, Kelsey Plum, who you, is having a great playoffs to start. And then you have Jackie and then you have Chelsea and just feels like there's so many ways this Aces team can kill you. And you kind of look around at the Sun team and you say, OK, we can't stop all of this. Like what's going to happen here? Um, last thing for me, it really felt like game one there was going to be Connecticut's chance to take one in Vegas. And, and when they didn't do that, you kind of felt like this might be a wrap. Like they can do whatever they want at home at this point, but that felt like the game they're going to have the chance to steal on the road. So uh, very convincing, very dominating performance from start to finish. I think in my power rankings, I had the Aces as the number one team, team except for maybe two rankings out of the entire season. And then through the playoffs, you could really just see it as well there definitely operating on another level um mario it is your turn uh whatever you want to say about the finals if you want to commiserate a little bit if you want to uh, talk about the sun kind of uh, what you saw it, what they looked like going into the finals versus how it was in the finals and then just anything else you want to say about the, the aces as well first excuse me it's hard um choking up the yeah, first, Bree, I just want to let you know, congratulations to your team. I'm happy for the Aces, especially Becky and Jackie Young and everything and all the attention that it brought, um, especially because my Connecticut son were a part of it, too. So it's like half and half. Anyways, I do want to point out a couple things. One, we did not have our starting point guard for the entire season. We were not supposed to be there. I don't care. They slept on us and we made it there. I said during our all-star or I don't know when it was, yep, yep, my first yep. hit, I was like, we're going to win the finals. Granted, we did not win it, but we made it there, which I'm not going to lie. Even as a fan, I was like, wow, we really made it because the sky scared me. But um, about the finals, um, I was a little bit disappointed. Um, after game one, I kind of did feel like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. But I was like, we have to come out strong. Game two did not happen. Um, so. My thing, I texted Bri, I was like, yo, like, we're not getting swept. And then another one of my friends were telling me, like, you guys are going to get swept. I said, we're not getting swept. There's no way. Um, and we did it. So we played really well at home. Um, I think it seemed that our team had a lot of lack of energy. But really what you were saying, Simon, the Aces have so many weapons. You can't, it's, it's, you can try to limit one, but you can't stop them all. Like, you can't, you can try to limit them, but you can't stop all of them. Like, it's so hard to do it. Raquana Williams, oh my gosh, she had elite shot making off the bench, um, especially in that last game. That just daggers in my heart every single time she shot the ball. Um, but like they, and I, I commend, I always respected the Aces, like even though I give trash talk three and stuff like that. Um, even because she says like they should have six or seven All Stars, like no, that's not true. Or she says like. Sue Bird. Also, I was hoping the storm put them out. I, they were so close to putting them out. I was hoping the storm put out the aces, but that did not happen. That's okay. Um, Sue went out not as great as she thought, like as she probably wanted, but it was still a great series to watch. But um, yeah, I think the big thing for us, especially in those first two games, was just the lack of energy. Um, there was a lot of complaining, a lot of things like that, always under reps, but um, I think it's just like they got to play basketball. They have to get with their defense, but also Chelsea Gray. She was out of this world, uh, contested shots, wide open. It didn't matter. She can just throw it up. She can close her eyes. She can throw it behind her head. She can do whatever she wanted. It was going in. 
Um, she she is so good. Um, and I mean, there's only so much you can do. Um, Asia will get hers. Kelsey got hers. Um, Jackie got hers. You know, it's like there's only so much you can do, even with the best defense. Um, one thing I do want to say is Alyssa Thomas still deserved the finals MVP, even though we lost. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, Alyssa Thomas played really well. I love the heart and everything that she showed. Back-to-back triple-doubles, first time in WNBA history. First that a triple-double was dropped, but to have four total in the season, unheard of. Um, so that just shows. And let's point out, she has not got shoulder surgery that she was supposed to get a while ago. I don't think she's ever going to get into after she's done playing. But imagine the player she could be. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I really, like, am proud of my team, even though we did only take one game. I was hoping we'd force the game five and at least have a chance. But, um, I mean, we battled. You know, we made it there. Uh, we knocked out the defending champs. I'm not going to pull the Kurt Miller and say, like, oh, we beat Candace Parker five out of seven times in the playoffs. Um, but um, I'm just proud of our team and all the strength that we showed um, and kind of all the heart, um, especially because the Marquette alum, Natisha Heidemann, is on the um, sun. So um, special – Special place in my heart. Happy that she got to play in the finals again. Um, and kind of get an insight of that, get more experience. And we will run it back next year. So we will see the Aces in the finals next year. This is my prediction. Um, we're going to win this time in three games. Um, so we're not even going to let them take one game. Um, and yeah, so it should be a fun, fun season next year. Really looking forward to it. But uh, we will see. I do. Uh, I did appreciate watching the finals. Um, Dewana Biner, I think, was the X factor. Um, for us, depending on how she played, that's if we won or not. First two games, she did not play well. Um, Chelsea Gray got whatever she wanted. Um, I love our guards that we had out there. However, they're a little bit too small for Chelsea Gray. Um, so switching Dewana on to her game three, which is why we dominated. But in game four, it was just like, it was the aces time. They Everyone was feeling it. When I saw Kelsey start hitting threes and just like laying and just go, doing what Kelsey does and has done all season, I was like, okay. This is this is it right here, um, but um, I do commend the Aces. Um, but we will be back next year. So that was cute. That was real cute, real cute. Um, yeah, that was great. So you guys both mentioned Chelsea Gray. It and and Bree, you mentioned the Bucks earlier, and it really just had me thinking about uh, Chris. Drew Holiday. Oh, oh, I was, I was thinking say, Chris Middleton. I I see that too. But here here's what I was thinking. So. With the Aces, you have the game plan for all these players, right? Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young really did her thing this year. Okay, we're thinking about all these things, all these things. And and then just over here is like, by the way, I'm going to lead the team in scoring. I'm actually going to be the offensive player. So for the Bucks, it's it's Giannis, it's Giannis, it's Giannis. And it's like, no, actually, Chris is just going to have the ball in his hands and, you know, score 25 points a game. And that's what it felt like Chelsea was doing uh, because she had the ball in her hand too. And, and it is not what you – you mentioned it, Brie, where it wasn't the thing that like everyone was talking about through the year. So it wasn't on the forefront of everybody's mind. But at the end of the day, it was just like, all right, yeah, this team can do whatever they want. Um, Mario, you mentioned a player I want to talk about in a couple minutes. But Brie, we also talked about Kelsey Plum. Uh, I want to talk about her performance. She was having a really good playoffs, obviously at the rough game one. Um, big bounce back in game two. Uh, I think 20 points and then and then kind of tailed off in three and four just uh, kind of came back to earth a little bit just give me a rating of her performance throughout this uh, final series 
Um, I'm going to rate, I think I'm going to say this. I'm going to forget 10 out of 10. You want to know why? Because it was a sneak attack. That was all a part of the plan. It was all a part. <laughs> it was all a part of the plan. No, I'm kidding. I would actually give her, you know, a six out of 10. Um, it would have been, you know, higher, but I feel that games one and she, she, she just, we just needed her to step up. And, but when she did step up, she provided, you know, a, a 10 out of 10. Um, but when she wasn't there, you could tell we missed her. You could tell um, we were we were missing her. But we had players who could step up and you know, kind of fill that role, um, like like Chelsea, like you said, or you know Jackie if she needed to get a bucket or you know Rakana come off the bench. Um, I was the only reason why I said Chelsea as Drew was because she was that addition that we needed. You know, Drew we needed to get him out, get Eric Bledsoe off the way and get Drew there. So, but. I feel like that's why it worked. I feel like that's why it worked because if Kelsey wasn't putting up the numbers that we needed or really, you know, playing the role that we needed to, we could um, rotate them out. You could put Jackie, Chelsea, or Kelsey in either spot on that floor. We were going to be fine. Um, but I give her a six out of 10. Um, but when she showed up, you know, she showed up when we needed her and we, you know, we got the dub. And I think Age just said something to her at one point, like, uh, we need you to, you know, get your shit together and she did it and I was happy about that you know I was happy to see that they had that relationship and that that they could you know make that happen and you know she could actually sit back and you know hey, say hey my team is calling on me they need me and showed up for us um when she did because we did need her and um so that's the only reason I'll give her a six out of ten otherwise it'll be a ten out of ten but the only reason again is because like I said when when Asia said we need you to step up she did in the moments she did so I was just like dang we shouldn't have had to ask for that from from her at this point in the in the in the um season but hey I'm not mad I'm not mad I still think it was a sneak attack um I still think it was so but I'm I was happy with her performance uh overall overall I was happy maybe not a six I'll give her a 7.5 now I think about it 7.5 out of 10 because I was I was thoroughly uh happy with with what what happened in the end yeah so yeah and the thing with them too i'm going through the box scores again and the uh, so game one was obviously the closest game it was the only game that aces didn't have three players with at least 15 points this this team just didn't need to have you know a lot of times in the finals or in the playoffs you you kind of look at the box score you look at the maybe the top two players on the team right so if it's the bucks it's it's chris and it's Giannis, and they're going to get their 20 to 25 um similar here for the aces let's say it's going to be asia is always going to get about 20 points and chelsea was always going to get about 20 points uh that basically happened throughout this whole series and then usually there's one other person and it's always a different person well some role player pops every single game but that wasn't even what happened with the aces because there was always two other people doing something. One person was at least getting 15, uh, whether it was Jackie, whether it was Kelsey, whether it was anybody, you know, name anybody. And then a fourth person was also going to come in with double digits too. So it was really just a comedy of errors where they could survive the first game where Plum only had six points and shot one of nine from the field. Um, and then she just turns it on after that gets right back to, to what she was doing. And it just kind of felt like that was it after that um, player. I do want to talk about with you, Mario for, for Connecticut there, Dewana Bonner, you mentioned her, those first two games uh, were, were rough. I mean, three points, one of nine in game one, she just did not look comfortable the entire game. Um, rush shots in the lane, 
bad misses from the outside. Uh, she didn't follow it up with a much better performance in game two, two points, uh, one of nine from the field. Was there anything you saw specifically that that was happening there? Or was it just kind of, I don't want to say the, uh, I'm not a big, the moment was too big for them kind of person. Um, but was there anything specific that that was happening in the game or in the flow of the game that didn't fit for Dewana? Or do you think, hey, just a bad time to have two bad games? Um, I think it's, I won't say the moment was too big. I think it was a combination of things. I think it could have been fatigue for sure um, because of, you know, they faced the wings. Um, I believe they went to four games with them. Um, then they went to five games with the sky, which is a was a grueling, like a, a very that's two bang bang type teams. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And from guarding Kalia Copper in entire series, a, a Finals MVP last year, like that's a hard task to do and provide offensive scoring. I think she scored like 15 points in four games against the sky, um, or at least 15 points in those games. At some point, I think it was fatigue, honestly, um, for her, um, because I believe against the Aces for game one and game two, she was guarding Jackie or somebody like that, like just guarding, still like running around, still having to do that. Not saying she didn't have to do that as much for Chelsea, um, but I also think being away from home for so long, that was a big thing because they went game five sky, straight to Vegas for two games. You don't have that crowd. You don't have that energy and things like that. I, I There was an interview I went, I read from an article or like a quote from her. It was like, honestly, just sleeping in my own bed just gave me so much, you know, so much energy and stuff, which I think definitely plays a, a, a big role of like, you're not on the road. Like you're, 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 you're actually at home, you know, you can be comfortable and kind of be in your own skin and things like that. And also it helps that the fans are supporting you no matter what, you know, that's hard um, to go into a full arena um, in Vegas um, and try to get any support from Aces fans because it was the first major title for Vegas. So obviously they're supporting the Aces more so. Um, but yeah, I think I think it honestly was fatigue. Um, it seemed like she had a lot of energy in game three, but again, I think that comes from the crowd. You know, everyone wants to play the best in front of their home fans. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you have to do. Plus you don't want to get swept. So there was a lot of added motivation for that. And I feel like game one is like, we're almost there. If I do a little bit more, maybe we could do it, but then it's still more fatigue. She also seemed like she second guessed a lot on her shots. She second guessed a lot. And like, yes, sometimes she takes her time in shooting, but it, it seemed like that she took way more time on some shots than she usually does. Or like, I'm trying to go for foul calls or trying, you know, trying to do things that are kind of out of the ordinary for her, opposed to just like, you know, I'm going to make this basket. If I get a foul, I get a foul. If I don't, I don't kind of thing. Um, so I think it was like, it could be too big for the moment um, or loss of focus, but I think fatigue played a role. And that's not just physical fatigue, but mental and emotional fatigue to be on the road for so long. Because I know Sky fans could be brutal when me and Bree used to go <laughs> to Sky games. Um, and plus that series had a lot of trash talking, a lot of different uh, things going on too. So um, yeah, I think it's just fatigue um, and then just a lot of second guessing. She definitely bounced back uh, the, the last two games. Like you said, 18 points in game three and 12 points in game four. Mario, you had a great point also. You mentioned the game three energy, what it's like to come back home down 2-0. We see this in every single sport, every single league. This happens where the team goes down 2-0. And game three is going to go one of two ways. 
and it's usually going to be a blowout and just depends which team is up for it that day. So I want to ask both of you this, but Bri, I'm going to start with you as an Aces fan and as a person who was uh, pretty comfortably sitting in the Aces driver's seat, I think, after games one and two. Which way did you feel that game three game was? Did you feel like, hey, this is just Connecticut got up for this game and was excited and that it, it's your typical game three blowout of the uh, the team that's going to lose? Or did you think, did, did something flip here? Is, is this a, a turning of the tide, so to speak? I think what happened was, they well, they changed their game plan that game two, um, game three. They did change their game plan, and I think we may have got a little rattled about that. Um, I think also it's kind of like just finding out those small issues and errors, and we also didn't come out as hungry as we did in the other two games. We just kind of, you know, skated by a little bit, just watching watching the game happen in front of us. The first quarter, we did not get out to – a good start. Second quarter, we woke up a little bit. Third quarter, I feel like we played well. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, we just we just was trash. We were trash. Uh, we emptied the bench pretty early. I think that was just like a hey, let's just go here, see see what happens. This is like a see what happened game. I mean, you could tell they weren't they didn't come out really looking like okay, we finna end it tonight, which is what I would have liked to see. I, I would have really liked to see them end it that that night. But, you know, again, it was like a learning experience. They changed up the game plan. I'm not really sure what we were doing um, at some some points in the game, but I always trust our coaches. Um, I trust our coaches, and I think that was just like, a, hey, Age has already been playing a bunch. You know, she she's always going to go out and, and um, play hard. But that was also the game where I think um, our rebounding was just trash. I was watching the game, and I'm like, AT is boxing out better than I've ever seen. Like, really, that was the game. I was like, okay, she's strong. Like, I didn't realize you could see how strong she was there. Like, I remember Jackie tried to get a board over her, and it was like, no, you're not doing that. So I think the Connecticut Sun came out with, like, we have to win this game, whereas the Aces came out was like, if we win, that's cool. If we don't, that's all right. We'll just sit back and chill. Um, So I don't think it was – I wasn't scared in that moment. I'm pretty sure the Aces weren't scared because we never scared – um, but in that moment, I was just like, okay, you know, if this is what we're, this is what we're doing. It was, I was mad. I think we took too many threes, honestly, that game, uh, we was just firing and firing and firing. It wasn't really falling, um, the way we were used to it. I won't blame the refs for that game. Um, cause we weren't trying to hit the, we weren't hitting the paint as much as we should have either, but I just really think that the sun came out with more energy. They were at home. That was the game where Dewana finally found herself. Um, I hate it had to be that night, but she found herself, um, which was exciting to see. And then, like I said, you know, AT, she was just really strong. She she dominated that game. She completely dominated that game. And you could tell that they were going to get get the win in the first quarter. I think I texted Mario and said, this is the first game y'all played good or something like that. Um, so, so yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too scared about what, if we were going to win the series, but I knew we weren't going to win that game, honestly. Yeah, great. I mean, great point. So, the whole series, yeah, the rebounding battle was very, very close. It was within five rebounds uh, for either team, whoever was was leading. But except for that game where the Sun out-rebounded the Aces 38-24. to 24. Uh, So big difference there. The Aces, so I was with you, Bree. I was thinking, ah, did the Aces just settle for a lot of threes in this one? They shot 26 threes, which was just about the amount that they shot in all the other games. 
but they only shot 45% from the field. So I think we're both remembering it and it was actually just a bunch of long twos that they were settling for, which is never what you want to do, especially when you're as talented as this team, even though they can make those shots too. So, so you definitely get it, but yeah, they shot 45% from the field, their lowest of the, of the series and the sun on the flip side shot 56% from the field. So the, the strongest for them for the series. Um, Mario on your end, what did you like from that game other than the, the increased energy? And if it was just increased energy, then that's it. Um, and were you on the other side? Did you think, hey, this is sustainable, 29-point win, the, those adjustments that, that Brew was talking about, um, uh, is this something that's going to be new? Or is this? did you also kind of have the feeling that, like, this is just your typical game three revitalized losing team kind of win? Um, I think it was a mix. I – I, there was like, I was like, there's no way we're going to get swept. Like, there's no way we came this far just to like show no energy and no effort. So I think the typical game three feeling of like, all right, we're going to win this game. I didn't think we were going to win by a lot. I thought it was going to be a closer game, um, but I was happy to see that we won by a lot. Um, as far as uh, what I think for me, what I was thinking as well was like, all right, maybe we figured it out. Maybe we figured it out a little bit. But knowing the mind of Becky Hammond and the talent that she has around her, I was like, they're going to figure out whatever we just adjusted. Um, obviously, switching Dewana on Chelsea. Chelsea was going to be like, okay, cool. She's switching on me. Somebody else is going to be good. Somebody else, you will go ahead. And then once you go ahead, it's going to create more space. They're going to be like, all right, we have to help this person now. Now we can get back to Chelsea, get it back to Asia, whatever. So I just – too many offensive weapons, honestly. Um, even though I thought, you know, we won by so much, but the fact that they shot, what, 46%, you said, 50, 45%, like, what? <laughs> like, that's not even, like, bad, you know? Like, that's not a bad shooting night. That's just, like, one team was better than the other. Offensively, um, you can say on both ends, because um, I think we forced a lot of turnovers, um, but it also was just, like, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, so I did think we had a chance. I did not think... I knew game four was going to be close because I was like, the aces are not just going to be like, all right, we're going to lose badly here in Connecticut twice. Um, I did think we were going to pull it out. So it did give me more hope, but I was like, I don't know if we have it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, my big thing was we didn't have any consistency a little bit on our lineups. It was hard because I believe our coach was trying to figure out when do we play big versus when do we play small? And it's hard to play big against the Aces because they have so many talented people. And then again, Raquana Williams, she played out of her mind, like especially in game four. Like she 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 made some elite shots um, pretty much all playoffs, actually. Like even against Seattle, I remember just watching her um, shoot some very good threes and kind of contested shots. Like it's like what she does. She shoot threes. Um, she hit a lot of tough shots on us. Um, so I think um, she gave them an added boost, and that's just a whole other weapon that you're like, huh, we thought we did good enough. You know, we're in the lead, and then she just comes in hitting threes, and then Asia comes back in. If she misses, Asia got the rebound and won, whatever it may be. So um, I think it was it was hard to kind of be like, all right, we could actually take, you know, take them to five. I was hoping we would, but um, I think after seeing what game one and game two were like, it was like there was kind of nothing we can do. And then our bigs, it was hard to play the big lineup against, which is one of our strongest things is to play that big lineup with Alyssa being kind of that guard position. So uh, I think that was hard to kind of 
figure out when we can play that versus not or when we go small and all that. And when we go small, it's like they dominate no matter what. Kia Stokes, who I, we didn't mention at all for the Aces, she is great. She's a good defender. She's a huge body. Um, I think she definitely gave um, John Quell troubles. Uh, so that was one big thing, too, because uh, John Quell can usually physically dominate people. Um, but I think John Quell had to be more of a perimeter player of this series or even like even though she tries to go inside it would be much more difficult for her but and then Dierka Hamby would come in after that so it's like she doesn't have you know she doesn't really have a break as far as that goes so uh, but yeah so commend the aces uh, but I definitely was happy to see how we came out in game three but didn't think it was sustainable uh, with that lights out shooting and scoring 100 points. Once I saw 100 points, I was like, all right, we had to get that out of our system. Um, I'm pretty sure Aces fans probably thought that they had to get that out. But um, game four, I was like, it's going to be low score. Hopefully we pull it out, but it'll be a close game. Um, yeah, those are all the notes I had on the the finals, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll go around real quick and just say, Bree, any, any final thoughts on on the finals themselves, maybe even on the, on the playoffs as a whole, or, you know, we'll, we're going to talk about the end of season awards. So maybe not too much on how the entire season went, but any last thoughts on, on the finals there? I think every series was better than I thought it would be Yeah. Um, this year. I really, in all honesty, I will, we're not talking about the finals right now, but the semifinals, um, I think the semifinals was really good. I will say this: Chicago beat themselves. <laughs> um, the Sun, the Sun, we're not supposed to win that last game. Uh, I'm not gonna lie; I'm not sure what was going on with the sky as far as team wise. But I think it's very important to go watch those last three minutes of that game. Um, they fell apart. I don't know what's going on with Candice. To me, it was a little shocking for her to walk off the court. Uh, usually stay on the court and you know um huddle up but seeing her walk off I was like is this our last time seeing Candace there um Kalea Copper it didn't seem like they were as close in the end James Wade didn't seem to have it I mean he's usually you know the guy on the bench running around yelling and stuff but at that point it was like he looked kind of deflated or like more he usually has what I'll say uh good energy but it didn't have like it was like kind of so, I mean, the sky is a very – I'm going to – for going into the end of the season, they're going to be a team that we should be paying attention to. But I, I really enjoyed that series a lot. And then overall, I would say this was a very exciting playoff series. Um, Seattle and the Aces, I think, it was one of the most watched games in WNBA history. Um this just kind of shows, I feel like if we're looking at data and everything, Saturday games are when we need to start showing our, like we get those, get those games um, on Saturdays on ABC where everyone can sit back and watch it when there's nothing else going on. And you could just, well, not even when there's nothing else going on, but kind of starting there and building up that base. Cause that was crazy. Just going on Twitter and like LeBron's tweeting. I'm like, what, what is happening? So mm-hmm. that was, that was really, really cool to see. And I'm just very, very, proud of um the way the WBA handled this year because we started off rough we started off with a lot of drama this year there's a lot of drama going on so just to see how uh we finished out with one of the best seasons most watched seasons most watched playoff series in a long time was was beautiful I just really liked the way that this this year played out and I'm very very proud of my aces so proud of my aces 
man, y'all can't tell us nothing. The city of Las Vegas is still on fire tonight. You know, it's eight space everywhere. You know, we, we lit. You know, city of Las Vegas is lit for the rest of the summer, to the rest of the winter, to the fall, whatever seasons that are coming up, we own it, you know. So, yeah, I'm just very proud, proud of, you know, what we did this year. And uh, like I said before, I think we are in that realm of what the Houston Commons comments was for the WBA it will be what the aces will do will skyrocket us into uh, a no a new a new a new generation of of watchers and everything will be taking place here so I'm just very proud of of what we did today with the WBA very proud of what the WBA did this year great space puns there for you there at the at the end of that too uh Mario any any final thoughts on, on the playoffs on the on the finals on the season as a whole very fun to watch. I was happy with um, every series, even with times I felt a little bit stressed, like when we lost to the Wings. But um, I just, yeah, every series was good. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, the competitive nature of them, even though like aces kind of, you know, towards the fourth quarter start pulling away or like other teams start pulling away towards the end. It's just like you were kind of attached to your TV, just like, wow, this is elite shot making. These are elite skills. Um, I just remember like, um, watching the Aces and Storm play, where they went to OT, I believe. Um, like I think that's when Jackie hit hit the buzzer beater, or like when Sue hit that one corner shot and all that. I just remember texting Bree, and like we were just going back and forth the entire entire time. And like Bree's like, "Oh no, like what's going on?" And I said, and I was like, "Oh, she's not gonna be a color commentator or something like that. <laughs> like she just she got paid back, whatever." Uh, but all that's but the fact that literally Jackie hit the to tie it up because whatever, whatever. It was a lot of fun um, to really watch the playoffs and kind of see all the hype and things surrounding it. Um, and I also love the fact that there's a lot of media that's really sharing their interests and sharing their support for it a lot. Um, Cause it's good to see. I feel like that's always something that people just don't talk about or like they just act like that women's basketball is lesser, but it's good to see a lot of media say like, hey, no, this is legit, like watch this, this is it, um, and stuff like that. So I really appreciate that, like Bree was saying, like how much recognition that it got. And hopefully it just keeps going up from here and it definitely feels like it's going to. Um, let's shift gears and look at kind of how the rest of the season shook out. The, the last time we were all on, yeah, I believe Mario mentioned it, we were doing some all-star talk. We were, and the three of us, I went to you guys before I did my, end of season award ballots on uh, phantomsportsindustries.com. And I got to say, guys, we put together, you get, you guys helped me out and, and helped me talk through some of these. And we did pretty good on, on some of these awards. Uh, this is going to be another free victory lap, but um, let's just run. We'll run through the big ones first before we get into like the teams. Um, but MVP and Defense Player of the Year, Asia Wilson, Rookie of the Year, Ryan Howard, Most Improved, Jackie Young, Sixth Player of the Year, Brianna Jones. Uh, there you go, Mario. Uh, Coach of the Year, Becky Hammond. Um, does anything here stick out to you guys? I mean, I think Coach of the Year, Most Improved, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Player of the Year, I think all of those were pretty locked in. Did anybody get surprised by any of those? Um, I was not surprised by MVP. I thought because I wasn't sure when they voted, but I was thinking like how recency bias would play a role in it because Brianna Stewart dropped like 42 or something like that way like in the final game so I was like they're probably gonna try to give this to Brianna but I was like 
Yeah, I know Asia deserved it. DPOY, I'm okay with Asia winning it. Look, I'm okay with Asia winning it, but I think Alyssa Thomas deserved more respect as far as no. I, I really do believe Alyssa Thomas was all around defending every position, um, controlling the offense, all of that. I get that Asia is kind of the anchor of that. She's like the big body. You go inside, you might get your shot blocked. Um, you might. Okay. But <laughs> Alyssa, I feel like, can do all of that, um, especially like steals. Like she averaged, I believe it was like two steals a game or at least had a steal a game uh, for like the last like 10, 15, 20 games. Like it was consistency, consistency, consistency. Um, just being kind of a menace on defense. No one wants to see Alyssa Thomas in front of them. She frustrates people. She does a lot to people. Um, so um, I was kind of disappointed about that. But, um, you know, I was I was okay with Asia winning it. Um, but I was hoping Alyssa Thomas was to get one of those awards. But Brianna Jones got six, six player of the year. So I'll take it. Yeah, Defensive Player of the Year was such a tough one for me. I, I had a somewhat tough time doing my MVP. I ended up picking Asia as well. I mean, I think for all the things you can say about Brianna Stewart and the season she had, um, I think she got all the recognition she deserved, and, and I believe she ended up with the scoring title. So she can kind of point to that and say that that's what I did, and she made the the first teams for for everything. So that, that was good. But I was with you on Alyssa Thomas. I mean, the Sun had the – best defense in the league um they were second in defensive rating the the aces were sixth uh they played at a league average pace as well so it wasn't like they were really slowing things down like like washington did who had the top rated defense um they were tied for first for defensive rebounding percentage they led the league in steals and forced turnovers um they were 0.1 points behind the storm for best uh defense against the fast break just everything. And Alyssa led in so many categories in terms of uh, rebounding steals, um, just every, and like you said, guarding one through five, basically. So I think I'm, it's not that I'm that upset that she didn't get defensive player of the year because Asia obviously had a great candidacy as well, but we'll get into defensive, the, the all defensive teams. And the fact that Alyssa didn't get first team for that um, is is pretty tough. I think a, a pretty big oversight. So it just kind of makes that sting of defensive player of the year a little bit worse. Um, but I thought for the most part, ta- taking that part out of it, if, if it was like, Oh, defense player of the year came down to Asia Wilson and Alyssa Thompson, Thomas, then that's not as big a deal, but knowing she was kind of way far back has my head scratching, but I think the rest of these were pretty chalk. Bree, what, what did you think about these, uh, these big awards here? Um, I think the awards were, you know, on point. I think um, I think Asia deserved uh, the Player of the Year. I won't say she just had, if we just look at stats, just in general, she had better stats um, as far as averaging. She averaged like two blocks a game in one steal. And I don't think Alyssa Thomas had that average that many blocks per game. So that's probably what it came down to. But I think as far as she, she should have been on the, on the defensive player of the uh, – well, all defensive teams, she should have made that for sure. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I think her biggest issue, well, not her biggest issue, but the league's biggest issue was determining where to place her. 
um, which is what I told Mario too when they were voting for um, the all first teams and second teams. I think they did a horrible job with that. I'm not going to lie. The all rookie team, I'm not sure where they pulled that from. Um, but uh, the, the, uh, I just, I just think it's very hard for them to see like, is she a guard? Is she a forward? Where can we put her? And if you put her in the forward position, it's going to be very hard to beat Stewie or Asia or Candice or whoever they want to put in that, you know, that four or five position there. So even JJ. So I'm not really sure where or how the league voted for, what do you call those in-between players or those, you know, in-betweeners. So I think that was the biggest downfall on her, um, on her season or why she didn't get as many votes Alyssa Thomas but uh I would say if I was her I wouldn't take it as um she she, like she she didn't deserve those spots I just think that the issue was that she was they just didn't know where to place her Um, you know honestly I just don't think they they knew where where to place her on that um as far as um, yeah, I mean, everything else really is on point. I mean, as yeah. far as MVP, defense player of the year, rookie of the year, I called that first before oh, yeah, the season the first started. Game. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, that was that was wild. Um, Brianna Jones, eh, you know, I'm kidding. Uh, she did great. <laughs> no, she had a great year. Uh, Becky, coach of the year. Everything looked great. Um, I'm very, very happy that Jackie Young did get most improved. I was very happy. She she deserved that. She worked so hard in the summer, and you've seen it translate this year, this season. I was just in awe watching her sometimes. Like, people be like, oh, you know, I'm like, Jackie is defending 96 feet. She's getting the board, and she's coming down, and she's scoring, like, with ease. And she's not tired. I don't think I've seen Jackie or Asia get tired. I'm not sure what they did in the offseason to prepare their bodies for this. But they did not get tired, and I was just uh, – so I think that was – for as, as far as seasons award, season awards go, I'm going to say everything was on point. We can talk about the, you know, the first team, second team. Um, but as far as just season awards, I think I think it was uh, good. Absolutely. Yeah, let, let's go right into to those uh, first team, second team awards. Bree, that's a really good point on Alyssa Thomas. Um, and I'd be very interested to see if her votes did get split because – the all league first and second team teams are positionless now. I think this is either the first or second year they did that, but the defensive teams are based on position still. So I do wonder if maybe for Alyssa Thomas, if she had her votes kind of split between front court and back court, and maybe that's kind of what kept her off. But let's dive into this now. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. It's, it's pretty chalk for all of these actual awards. Uh, all league first team. We're just going to go ahead and start right at the top. Uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith, Candace Parker, Kelsey Plum, Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson. All league second team. Sylvia Fowles, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, John Cork Jones, Neka Agumke, and Alyssa Thomas. What stands out to you guys here? Mario, let, let's start off with you. How did Alyssa end up on a second team? That's what I don't understand. She was top three, top, at least top five in MVP voting the entire season, but I'm pretty sure she was top three along with, well, probably four because Kelsey was a part of that too. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I think it – I mean, even though it is positionless, it's like she can play every position. So that's why I'm even more confused. Like, even if you didn't know exactly where to put her as far as that, um, she can play every position. So – for the uh, first team, I would – I mean, you already have enough forward, so that's the thing. So, But then again, you said it's positionless. If it is the first or second year doing that, um, 
then there's obviously no reason why she's not on the first team um, that I can think of. The I think she's like one of the best, if not the top two, top three um, in the league of being the best two-way players, um, being as well-rounded as possible. Like literally she can do everything except shoot threes. That's the only thing. It's her shoulder. Relax. But um, other than that, she can do everything. Um, so that was very disheartening to see that she didn't get first team. Um, but if it was by position, it makes sense because she's you would consider her forward. But if it was positionless, um, no offense, I could see Skyler being pushed to second team and Alyssa get that first team um, spot. Skyler did have a fantastic season, though. But, um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, how – if they vote and it includes record and stuff like that, Connecticut was, you know, one of the best teams in the W2. So it's like, I don't know. It was hard. It was very disheartening for me to see how she didn't get recognition. Not, not obviously she didn't get DPOY, but the fact that she was up there for the defense player of the year award and fell to the second team was kind of disheartening. And then seeing that she made all WNBA second team was also disheartening as well. So, um, that kind of hurt me a little bit. I was like, wow, like what, what more does she have to do? Like to literally be considered one of the best players or like more than one of the top five best players of this season. Like what more does she have to do um, to be considered that? So, yeah. Yeah. No, no individual award for Alyssa Thomas and second team for, for all league and all defense, uh, I think is pretty, pretty disappointing. But uh, Bree, what do you, what do you think from those, from those two, all, all WNBA first and second teams? Uh, first team, I think, is on point. I'm not going to lie. Um, When you look at the – I mean, if, if we – everyone's still going to vote traditionally. I think we just have to remember that. But then also the numbers just kind of show that, too. If you're going to look at points, rebounds, assists, steals, or whatever you want to put in those top three or four reasons why you're picking a player, um, Skylar balled out. Mm-hmm. She balled out this year. I mean, wow. This may have been one of the best seasons we've seen from her. Um, Kelsey – Kelsey was a little, I think the only shock, I would say people are more shocked by Skyler than Kelsey, which was weird to me um, because Skyler led that team and Skyler did not average as many points as Kelsey this year, but she led that team. Um, Kelsey was, I would say maybe second um, on the aces. Of course, Asia will always be like, like the leader of that squad. Um, so that was like, for me, like the, if there was a shocker, it would have been Kelsey, but I'm not sure who they would have picked over her. So it's still not a shocker. Um, I will say it was a lot of, you know, players, um, for counting 10 people, uh, in the WNBA top 10. And I think what was only what two we had, I don't know what that was about the aces. I think we, we deserve more players, on you know both teams but you know we got we got a championship we got a ring out of it so i'm not mad you know just let the haters hate but yeah i mean honestly it was i'm not really too shocked by it and i think the one thing i just noticed something guys so first team had two uh first team had agent kelsey as uh you know and then second team had john quill and Alyssa thomas so when it comes down to it the four you know the two it it lines up. I mean, you can see the finals right there. We have two um, first team, and they had two second team, and they came in second place. So, I mean, it it kind of matches up overall. I'm not really shocked by 
anyone. Sylvia Fowles, I'm glad she did get her recognition. I didn't think they were going to put Sylvia Fowles or give her that spot. And also NECA, because NECA did have some injuries this year. Um, the Sparks just totally sucked this year. So when stuff like that happens, I always wonder, like, what goes into play? Are we just talking individual um, numbers here or what what's going into play when picking these things because the sparks were, were not were not good at all um, so if, if it's not like counting record and you know team and all that stuff then uh, I can see why she made the team but if all that goes into consideration I never know what the votes are based off of or how subjective or objective they are at times so um but i think from from what i'm looking at looking at numbers i'm you know pulling up stats right now as we speak also i think i think it averages out i think it averages out people you know jamario for instance saying Alyssa thomas deserved to be on the first team and you can make that you really could make that case you really can make that case in all honesty but when you just go look at individual numbers she's um, not in that top five as far as points per game. So that may be the reason why she didn't. That probably would be the only reason why she didn't because when you watch her play, she is going to be a top three player on the floor regardless. Um, but if it's not, if you're not watching the game, you're just looking at stats, which some, some voters may be doing. We don't know. I think, I think a lot of the voters, looking at the rookie team, I don't think a lot of the people who voted watch the games. <laughs> so if you're not watching the games, I can see why you uh, why she made second team. But I, I like them overall. We'll we'll get to rookie because I I do want to have some conversations about that because you're you're interesting me a little bit here. But so for me with this, so here's let me pull up the way I had it real quick. So I think I had eight of these ten players across my two teams, and I think two of my differences did come in this first team. I had Plum, Stewart, and Wilson as locks. I had Alyssa Thomas in here on the first team as well. Um, I think just being the best player on the Sun. I, I viewed her as the best player on the Sun. I know we had some conversation about her versus Jonquil last time we were all on. Um, but I think what she did defensively and essentially being a guard uh, for a lot of times for them this year was just really, really key. And again, they were the best defense in the league, and she was the reason why. Um, and I think we... Uh, not that the voting can be based on anything from the playoffs, but I think the playoffs were kind of confirmation that she is, she makes this team really work and really go. And uh, I, I had her as a lock for a first team. I mean, Candace Parker made the first team. I had Candace Parker on the second team, but uh, I just think that, I think that's a pretty big oversight. Um, my last spot and I was choosing between two guards and I'm with you, Pri. I actually, I was, I messaged this to you guys when I was putting my ballot together. And it, this was the first year. Cause I was like, wait, this is the first year they're going positionless because I was struggling with not having three guards. And the guards I wanted to have were Kelsey Plum, Skylar Diggins-Smith and Sabrina Ionescu. And I ended up going with Sabrina. And, you know, we've, we've talked kind of just basic counting stats here. So I'm, I'm going to do that real quick. Skylar, essentially 20 points, five and a half assists, four boards. Sabrina, 17 and a half points, uh, seven rebounds, six assists. She was fifth in the league in three-pointers. Um, and she took her team to the playoffs. And, and Sabri uh, Skyler, you, you said it, Bree, she led her team, but they didn't make the playoffs. And she, you know, did, for lack of better words, you know, kind of dip out at, at the end of the season. And that didn't leave her off of my list completely. I put her on the second team. Like I said, she was – kind of wrestling right up there for that last first team spot. Um, but 
I just couldn't, I couldn't kind of get over that considering, yeah, Stewie was there, Asia Wilson was there, Kelsey was there as locks for me, Alyssa was a lock for me, and then it just came down to her and Sabrina, but, you know, Sabrina ends up on the second team, Diggins on the first team. I don't have any issues with that. Um, one name we haven't brought up that I had on my team, so my second team, I didn't have Sylvia on here, um, who obviously made it. I had Candace Parker on here. I had NECA. I had John Quell. Um, I had Erika Ogumboale, and that's because the wings to me, it started off as a bad thing, but as the year went on, I was just so impressed with how steady they were, and she was clearly the engine behind that. Any any love uh, for Erika from you guys? I mean, obviously, this is so tough when you're picking 10 players from, from an entire league with talented players. It, it's hard to kind of just get it down there, so I think her I think she was the only yeah she was the only one I had on here um that that ended up not getting a vote and she was my only kind of oddball that I had her instead of Sylvia any any notes or or love for Enrique or or was that kind of uh, a reach by me a little bit I don't think it's a reach I love Enrique I absolutely love Enrique she's from the city of Milwaukee so she she's great she's a great player though like she's always been a great player I this is why I say there's a lot of bias in this stuff um Arike in the media, the media just doesn't really like Arike in all honesty. There are certain players that get more love and more support than others. So I think that's it. And then also I think the injury later in the year may have, you yep. know, like like Jamario said, sometimes that late game, late season may influence some voting. So that may be it too. But a lot of this stuff is, you know, bias based. But again, with Arike, it's like still she's a great player and with thinking of she is a great player, but there is a lot of bias there in the voting. She isn't that well liked in the media. She did get hurt. Putting someone above her may get overlooked unless you're really watching, you know, the games or really knowing, you know, um, who some of these players are to, to be like, oh, well, Enrique didn't make the first, like, first or second team. That's odd. Um, So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Like, she should have made maybe second team. Who would I put her over on this? maybe NECA I don't know you know things like that and then because they didn't again they didn't make the playoffs they did not make the playoffs NECA played good she was hurt but it just kind of goes back down to like you know it's it's what is it called it's like uh it's personal opinion on, on some of this stuff so I think that's me why she she have got overlooked yeah pretty kind of took everything I said I think it really was the injury that really like kind of not Enrique kind of off a lot of people's minds and stuff like that. And the wings were doing a little bit well as well when she was out. So it kind of was like, oh, they're not really missing her as much. So, but again, she was the engine in that score that they, you know, love and need. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you you can't really go wrong. So again, the person I didn't have on my list was Sylvia Pallison. and you can't really go wrong with uh, throwing Sylvia on there. So that I definitely understand. Um, I was shocked that Sue Bird was not on there, though. So I, I you I know, was not shocked. <laughs> She'll be on the all commentators list, as Bree told us last time. Um, or maybe that was two times ago. And we just keep joking on her about it. Let's <laughs> let's move on to the defensive teams, and we'll hit them real quick. Uh, all defensive first team: Ariel Atkins, Natasha Cloud, Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson, Sylvia Fowles. All defensive second team: Brittany Sykes, Gabby Williams. Ezzy McBagor, uh, sorry if I just butchered that name, Alyssa Thomas and John Paul Jones. Any any notes on the defensive teams here, guys? Other than uh, we've hit Alyssa Thomas a lot, Mario and I, so we won't repeat ourselves there. But any other uh, notes on this one? 
Yeah, I think they did really well on them, though. I really I, I like that they put Gabby Williams on there, even though she yeah. has kind of been dealing with injuries in and out. But I'm glad that she got some recognition because she is she's really good. She's really good at defense and provides that spark. Um, and then the Washington Mystics backcourt, we talked about it before. They are <laughs> they are hard to 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 see. So um, I think they did really well on defensive teams besides what we talked about with Alyssa Thomas. But other than that, I think they did a really good job. I agree. I think everyone on here uh, deserved um, their their spot. Gabby, I, I agree. I love Gabby's defense. Um, I think it's going to sound biased now, but Jackie Young may have, you know, I think when you got players who can defend, you may not get the stats. You may not get the steals or the blocks. You may not have the highest in that. But people picking up 96 and making your your star guard sweat the whole game, I think we have to look at that. So maybe sometimes with defense, numbers play too big of a role and not like actual on-the-court stuff, which again can go back to why Alyssa Thomas isn't getting the recognition she deserves on defense. People don't know she's defending five players in one quarter, you know, five different spots or something. So that's the only thing I would say, you know, Jackie needed to be on there. Um, but again, that's a little bias. I have to take that, I have to take that out of me. But yeah, other than that, I think I think this is a good list. Yeah, I went to you guys because you know I, I can see what, what I've seen this year. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to get a sense of who are the players that it's not going to show up in the stat sheet, right? Who are the ones that you just turn on a game? And you can see that's a good defender. They might not get the steals. They might not get the blocks, but that's a good defender. And it feels like with this second team, they did just kind of look at the stats. Because I even said to you guys when we were going through it, I was like, I'm putting Brittany Sykes on here because she's leading the league in steals. And A, that does have some weight to it. But also B, that's just what happens. The the Whoever is leading the league in steals, whoever's leading the league in blocks is, is getting on this list somewhere. Um, Ezzy is on here. She was second in the league in blocks, right? I, I think I actually had Candace Parker ahead of her because uh, Candace had much better rebounding numbers, both traditional and advanced. So um, I had her over there, but again, I'm not I'm not mad about it. Um, Gabby Williams was a great one. That was kind of one of those. And we've had this conversation before where who are the rangy wings that are kind of doing a lot of different things and performing well on defense? And, and she got in for that. Um, I love the first team, uh, the Washington guards. I mean, that was just, that was so both easy to call but also like are we gonna galaxy brain ourselves and not put them both on here and uh luckily the, the league and the media did the right thing and just put them both on here all right moving on to the all rookie team uh programming note we did just reconfirm uh which list we were talking about Bree had us nervous that that mario and i aren't out here watching film or something <laughs> um we will be trashing the ap's all rookie team that that definitely made its uh, made its rounds uh, on the uh, internet shortly before the real all-rookie team came out, which makes a lot more sense. But on the all-rookie team, we have Ryan Howard and Alyssa Smith, Shakira Austin, Queen Egbo, and Rebecca Gardner. I mean, I don't think there's really any argument to be made. Um, maybe Bree has a crazy Destiny Henderson take she wants to throw out here at us. But these five are basically the five that played, like, meaningful basketball this season they, they were in their team's rotation they were um actually part of the team for a majority of the season playing meaningful games throughout the season um really not not any other rookie did that un unfortunately maybe maybe indiana should have taken a, a little more stock into some of the rookies that they had uh and maybe that would have helped them out but 
they already had two that were playing, so they didn't want to play a bunch. But um, anything here, guys? I mean, any of the other rookies that you kind of think maybe deserve a little bit of a shout out or um, maybe you have a Sam Thomas take that, that you want to get out there. But uh, anything here, Bree or, or Mario on the rookies? I do want to point out, I wish Henny got more consistent minutes because she definitely would have made the team if she yeah. did. She's very talented. Um, and honestly, I still, obviously, I still think the, the, she has a bright future, but I really wish that her rookie year started off a little bit better because she did start, like she started and then the co- coach got fired. And there's a whole lot of stuff going on with the fever this year. So um, that, I think that really. Their vet came back too, right? Their their vet was was overseas for the first three to five games, something like that. And she yeah. she did pretty good in those first couple of games, right? Which I why I was so shocked where she kind of fell kind of to the back burner. I was like, all right, now you can kind of yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. So just go over there, right? Exactly. So um, hopefully she gets more minutes next year because she she's a very very talented player, a great two way player, um, and will be a great two way player in the uh, the league. Yeah, I would say um, the one thing that was interesting to me in this list is the Fever had two players and we're talking about Henny at the same time. So that is pretty cool to see like where they will go and how bright their future is. But I will say I've, I personally haven't seen a starting, I mean, a, a rookie five this strong in a long time um, in all positions. Like we're talking about players who were all-stars already. We're talking about players who could have been first team, you know, um, some of them first team or second team, all WBA, uh, WBA. So I'm, I'm excited about that, but um, I will say Kirsten Bell deserved a spot on this Las Vegas Aces rookie. She needed a spot on this team. That is, you know, the issue. I, the only issue I saw. Um, she is that- really played. Come on. <laughs> um, I also want to shout out Rebecca Gardner. She is a beast. Like she has a lot of energy like if there was like probably three all defensive teams, maybe she's one of those people like off the bench or even like there was like a six uh, player of the year kind of all ABA WBA team or something. She'd be on that list because she 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 changes the game. She's locked down defender. She she can score. Um, she can pretty much do whatever the sky asked of her. Um, so um, and she is the oldest rookie like ever. So or something like that. Like she was one of the oldest rookies. Um, but it was nice to kind of see her and learn about her story throughout the season to see her really succeed. You know, and you know what, that leads us right into uh, where we're going to end things off with some off season moves. You mentioned, you know, Rebecca might not be coming off the bench much longer because there are a lot of free agents uh, in Chicago and Bree, you talked about, you know, things didn't look quite the same there at the end of their series in the playoffs. So we just want to spend a couple minutes here as we get ready for this uh, long WNBA offseason with some big name free agents, uh, players that could be moving. And I want to get a little bit of word on you guys. If there's someone that particularly stands out, someone you think is definitely going to end up switching teams or maybe, you know, educate me a little bit. How often do we see big names, you know, switching teams? I think for, for the Creme de la creme, right? We see, you know, the the Sioux Storm, the Sioux Storms, uh, the Super staying on the Storm. We see Diana Taurasi on her, you know, but we see, you know, players like Tina Charles, who's actually a free agent again this year, switching teams. We see Dennis Parker has switched. So, like, in terms of, are we really going to see some player movement? Because there are some big names on this list. Brianna Stewart's a free agent. Candace Parker is. NECA is. Uh, Brianna Jones is. Tina Charles is. 
the two guards for Chicago, Courtney Vandersloot and Alec Quigley are uh, free agents. Anybody you're really kind of keeping an eye on in terms of the offseason to switch teams, or is anybody uh, not on this list that, that you wanted to shout out here? Um, I know Nick has said she's probably going to stay. I believe she said that, but I don't I don't know. I don't think she will. Um I I don't know. I just feel like the Sparks are they need they need a lot. They need a lot. I don't think they deserve her or what happened to her this year. Um, it's very interesting. The Sparks lost two players, key players who ended up winning a championship after they left in Chelsea and Candace. So um that's definitely intriguing. Um, so I'm not sure if she'll do the same thing and, you know, go get that ring that she deserves. Um, and then also I would say for, for Jamario, Brianna Jones is going to be worth a check come next season. And that's another thing. Um, before we were seeing a lot of W players sticking to their team that drafts them very loyal to their organization. But now we're seeing more money come in. For instance, Asia just hit really big. So that may influence um, a lot more, especially with how playing overseas has become um, such a drag. And even now, you know, it's even worse now after what's going on with BG. So I think people are actually going to start taking where the money is at and where there's the most endorsement opportunity. But the Aces is I mean, in, it's in Las Vegas. It's a great place to play. Seattle is a great place. No, Seattle is a great place to play because they don't have any other major basketball um, team. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be able to sell more jerseys. You're going to be able to sell more tickets. You're going to be able to get those local endorsements. So things like that, I think people are going to start paying attention to now, just money-wise. So cities that don't have a big um, basketball fan base or a, you know an NBA team will probably be where I personally would be looking to, you know, go play because Sue, Sue's a legend. Sue's a legend in in Seattle. Um, she's up there with Gary Payton almost, you know. And so that's like big time. Um, and I think a lot of players want that now. They want that statue. They want that that money. They want their jersey hanging in, in the in the rafters. They want that. So um it would be interesting to see how that takes shape. You know, we got Stewie. Stewie's in a great spot. I think I don't think she'll leave. Vandersloot, I don't think she'll leave. CP, that's on the table. Um, she might retire, in all honesty. I think I said it earlier in this year that I think this may be Candace Parker's last season, and it's kind of how she uh, kind of walked off um, the last game when they lost to the Sun. That may be... Uh, saying that, hey, she didn't. She she realized in the end, like that maybe this was my last game. She wanted to go deal with those emotions on her own. Um, Ali Quigley, probably not. Tina Charles, I'm I'm interested to see what she's gonna do. She's gonna come to Las Vegas, bro. She's coming to Las Vegas. She wants a ring. She wants a ring, and we're gonna give her one. So uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. But yeah, I think I think a lot of that plays the way that the world is moving. Women's basketball is growing. Local endorsements are going to play a big role. If I was an agent or a manager of any of these players, I would definitely be explaining that and how those small, quote unquote, small market areas will be better for you. Um, because if you're playing for the Sparks, you're playing at Staples, you're you're going to have to fight against LeBron, you know, or, you know, to get those dirty cells. And it's just going to be hard. So uh, that's that's the key things I'll say about offseason moves. And, you know, I, I, I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Well, uh, I'm just going to throw out real quick. Uh, per herhoopstats.com, this is a site I've, I've found recently that I'm enjoying the look of. Actually, this might be good for cap stuff. 
Um, the Aces have the least amount of cap space going into the offseason. I just wanted to kind of temper your expectations, Bree. They have a third of the cap space of the next team in terms of amount of cap space. So they're pretty far down the list here. I don't know if you're going to grab a Tina Charles, especially because we've uh, kind of at least gotten reports that, you know, part of why Tina was moving around teams and maybe even felt this way in Seattle a little bit was not being a big enough part of the offense. Uh, if she goes to Las Vegas, she's going to be the fifth option on that team. I don't think she's going to like that too, too much, but Hey, you, you never know. Um, Seattle has the most cap space right now, but they also only have two uh, players technically under contract at this time, but they're definitely going to hope to retain Stewie. Um, I think a young team like maybe the Dream could be interesting for uh, one of these vet players. They have the third most cap space right now. They already have five players under um, under contract, so they they have some money to play with. I think that could be interesting. Um, trying to just quickly kind of skim through these. Uh, the fever can't feel like they're in a great place because they, I mean, they're, they're kind of right in the middle in terms of cap space, but they're, they're much better teams with much more cap room uh, than, than them at the moment. Uh, Mario, any of these big names you're, you're interested in? I, I know Brianna Jones, someone you're going to want to talk about, but she'd be looking for, for a starting job or like reset a big check somewhere else or any of these other guys standing out to you. I can see Brianna looking for a starting job, but her role is so perfect for her. In Connecticut, so she's not leaving. Um, uh, but as far as any of the other big names, I think Candace is the most intriguing one because of the uncertainty of like if she's going to come back, and if she does come back, is she going to go back with the Sky? I think that she would if she was to play again because she loves playing for her hometown team. But how great would it be to see Candace go back to LA and try to bring the glory days? She probably would not want to go to that dumpster fire. But it would be great to imagine uh, that she would do that. Uh, but other than that, Brianna Stewart, I'm hoping just something crazy happens. Like something like, what? Like, what? She's leaving the storm? Like, what? Like, what is going on? I don't know where she would go. Um, but I think it would just be interesting just to see what could play out uh, if no one, if someone decides not to resign or if Vandersloot and Quigley decide to separate from the teams that they're on. Like, I, I think it would be interesting to just see um, kind of, I think the uncertainty in all of free agency, that's kind of how free agency is, but it's like, I'm just excited to see if people decide to move except Brianna Jones, please don't go. Um, but everybody else, please feel free. Uh, especially if you want to come to Connecticut, we probably don't have a lot of cap space, but you know, you can you can still try to. I don't know. We'll pay you in a, a ring. There you go, because we're gonna go back to the finals this year, and we're gonna get Jasmine Thomas back, and you're gonna all lose that, all that all that great stuff, and yeah. You you mentioned uh, Brianna Stewart if she could go somewhere. I mean, she was recruited pretty hard by the Liberty last off season, and. I think she essentially said she came back because it was super last year and she wanted to make one more run with her. And uh, I was reading an interview with her today and she said, look, I, I love playing with Jewel. They've been playing together since they were kids. Um, she would love to go back. And obviously Seattle has, you know, the, like, like we said, the cap space to try and keep building something, but the Liberty are, are also a team that's, you know, kind of positioned nicely making the playoffs uh, for the first time in a few years this year. Sabrina's there. Natasha's there. Um, that could be a good, you know, she just walks right in there. They have eight players under contract too, and they have space for her. So if she could just walk in and, and be the final piece of that team. That would be interesting. Um, 
Guys, I'm getting a little obsessed with this Candace Parker Atlanta dream idea because you know where TNT inside the NBA yeah. films. And it's Atlanta. Uh, you know, it might not be a bad place to go live for a year or two and, you know, easy commute for TNT and, and easy commute to the, to the gym. That could be interesting. Um, all right. Well, that's enough free agency talk. We, we'll, we can get back to that at a later date. Uh, let's hit some of these coaching jobs that are open real quick. Uh, the you've mentioned the Sparks a lot. Um, the, the Indian and Fever, we've also mentioned. The Dallas Wings also have an open coaching position. Uh, not the most desirable uh, places that, that you could pick out of all the teams in the league, but out of these three, if you're if you're a coach on the rise and whether you're one of these top assistants or a former player who's thinking about coaching or, you know, I saw a lot of, um, uh, who was, uh, Teresa Weatherspoon, a lot of uh, her name is buzzed around right now being a NBA assistant coach like Becky Hammond from last season. Which of these jobs, LA, Indiana, Dallas, uh, do you think is going to be most coveted? And then do you have any other names you want to throw out there as uh, potential hires to look out for? I'm biased, but I don't know. I don't have any potential hires, but I think the fever are the most enticing job position for me because right away you may not be expected to win, but you have the talent in the world where it could map out that way. Um, so I think they have a lot of potential and they do need that coach. They need that structure. Please start Henny. Um, but, um, they have a lot of structure, a lot of things like that, but you're coming to a system where you can pretty much establish it. Um, I feel with the other two positions, with the other two positions, with the sparks and the wings, you're expected to be great right away. You're expected to make the playoffs. The wings just made the playoffs. Now it's time for you to elevate that. For the Sparks, it's like they were on the cusp of making the playoffs. How do you get them over the hump? The Fever just win more than four games, and then you're probably good. So there you go. Um, I think I think um, the Fever is the most enticing one to me because it gives you a lot more time, a lot more. Uh, it does it does probably put mean that you have to do a little bit more work, um, but um, I think you kind of build the culture. I think that's the big thing. That's what the Aces have done. They built their culture um, with drafting players and kind of building it. The Fever have drafted players and things like that. So now it's really kind of building that winning mindset um, with those players. Yeah, I would agree. I'd say – oh, my bad. Oh, you're good. Go ahead. I'd say uh, Indiana because they have lost so many games that – I hate to say it, like, if they win 10, people are like, oh, wow, they turn – Indiana around, but it's cold there, and I'm not sure how people do with the cold. So, um, Dallas probably. I mean, Dallas is uh, set up to to win already. Um, I think that's a great place to play. I think if anyone goes to the Sparks and tries to turn it around, I just they just got a lot of bad energy there right now. Like, I'm not sure they need a cleansing or something in in LA for for that to be an enticing environment. But I definitely see out of the few we mentioned um indiana or um la would probably be you know i'm not la sorry or dallas would be the destination that if i was a, a coach i would pick yeah it depends what kind of coach you are it may maybe somebody that's going for their their second time around or they're a top assistant they're ready to kind of prove that they want to win right now yeah you go to dallas that's a ready-made team um they have you know 10 players under contract right now they're basically at they have some cap room. They could make be one of those teams that looking to make one addition, kind of push them over the edge. Um, and you you walk in and you want to win, get in the playoffs and, and make a big push right away. And if you're a first time coach, maybe 
one of those former players that, that is looking to get into it for the first time, then yeah, then you go to Indiana. They had four first round picks last year. They're going to have a good pick here this year. Um, that is a great place to yeah get in on the ground level and the sparks. Yeah, that's just a mess. Uh, you probably want to avoid that at, at all costs. Um, guys, I think that's it. That is the 2022 WNBA season. Uh, Anybody want to throw anything else out there as we wrap up? League pass, everyone. Get league pass oh, next year. please do it. Please get league pass. It. Pick your favorite team and watch every game. And go hard. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a jersey. Buy a hat. Support the W. Um, this is great basketball taking place. We're in a, a great time and a great place for women's basketball. We got a bunch of stars key talent just pure ballers out here every every night you'd be surprised what you see so um that's all i have this is a great season i'm very proud of uh the women who played this this season i'm very proud of you know what the w did and also to wba twitter got big we got our own hashtag now you can follow the hashtag yep. wba mm-hmm. twitter on there so do that join the groups find you know your team find your niche go Go just explore what the WBA is and can be. And, you know, don't hate before you watch because we, we're on the rise. We're on the rise. We are now in the movement where the WBA is going to be taking over. So uh, that's all I have to say. And, you know, go Aces, of course. I, I just want to echo all that precept, but go to a game if you can. Going to a game is great. There's no team in Milwaukee, but me and Bree drive an hour and it, Oh my God, the early games, the early games. Uh, but we drive an hour uh, to go watch the games. And no matter who's playing, it's always a fun time and seeing all the, most, the talented players, especially if you're watching them in college, to see it translate to the W is awesome. I remember like when we watched um, Atlanta and we saw Eric McDonald just play. And I was just like, just so, just so high in the air. Just like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like, I remember watching her as they made their final four run, all of that. So kind of full circle moment. But yeah, so it was a great season for WNBA. And it's going to be a better season next year after the Connecticut Sun win the 2023 finals. Um, but um, yeah, thanks for having us on, Simon. Uh, this is, all, this okay. is a lot of fun for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, make sure to stay invested in the W. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Couldn't agree with you guys more. You guys said it fantastically, just as you have all season. I want to thank you both for coming on uh, so many times to talk to W and, and teach me about the W along the way. It was a ton of fun. I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching forever, man. This, this was so great. This was such a good time. Uh, and I will echo going to a game. I went to, I went to a game before I was even watching games consistently on TV and yeah, it's a blast of an experience to go to. Um, so I definitely recommend that as well. Uh, everybody get the league pass. It was 20 bucks this year. It's probably going to end up being a couple more dollars next year, just based on how it went. But you know what? 25 bucks for the W uh, league pass is way better than the, I don't even know what the NBA's league pass is anymore. 300 bucks, probably something like that these days. Um, just, just do it. It, it. It'll be a great decision. Uh, but that is all for tonight. Again, Mario and Bree, thank you guys so much. Uh, if you guys like this and really just any sports takes where they're going to yell at each other, because Bree and Mario do that with basically everything, go follow them on Twitter. Their handles will be in the show notes. Uh, thank you everybody for listening once again to the Simon Short podcast. Uh, we will be back with you next week. 
Have fun and be safe out there.